Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is 8.55 p.m. on May 24th. I forgot to set my alarm this morning. Uh, well, should I say I forgot to set it last night? And so I woke up at 4.30 instead of 3.30. But you know what? My body really needed to sleep. It wasn't a waste. I actually did sleep until 4.30. And then I woke up because I had to go pee. Uh, I also had some dreams last night, which is crazy because I'd been abusing weed so heavily, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. Uh, I really expected to have a dreamless sleep, but uh, that's good. That's encouraging. feels great. Uh, today, I definitely had some some cravings. You know what's wild is, uh, you know, talk about God speaking to me. A few days ago, I was trying not to smoke that night. I don't remember what it was. might have been a Tuesday night because I didn't smoke Monday, and then Tuesday came. And, yeah, so it was, it was last week. So I didn't smoke Monday. was all on my high horse. Woohoo! And then Tuesday... I almost made it out the door, did not. I dropped my bowl, and it broke. And what's crazy is I dropped it from like five inches, right? So you want to talk about God talking to you. I mean, I've I've dropped that thing so many times. It's never busted. I've never broken a bowl before, actually. First time, I've never seen anybody break a bowl before. So I don't know what is going on. Uh, could be from all those uh, resin hits, you know, just sparking up the bottom of the bowl. Uh, could just be that, you know, God was like, hey, don't, like, here's your sign, don't do it. So I just fucking grabbed some tinfoil and smoked anyway, of course, you know me. Um, but anyway, what's crazy is inside that bowl, so it broke right where the stem meets the, the, the spoon, I don't know, the fat part, and you, it's just literally packed with resin. I mean, it's resin almost the size of a golf ball, and there's this one tiny little hole out where you can see where air would you know, come up the stem and into your mouth. And it's just like, oh my goodness. You want to talk about taking a picture picture of something to show kids and saying, hey, this is the inside of your lungs, kids. <laughs> uh, man, that was gross. I felt like I was back in middle school or something, you know, with the smoker's jar where they fill a jar with tar, right? And you flip it over and you watch it all congeal. It's like, oh, this is what happens if you smoke cigarettes every day for 20 years. Um What's unfortunate today, however, and last night, is I saw it again for some reason. I was in that bathroom going pee, and I, I or I was putting some stuff away. Maybe I, maybe I had some more weed on the counter, and I'm putting it away, and I look down, and I see it. And, of course, now that I've had a day underneath my belt, I'm like, damn, I wonder what kind of a hit that would be like. <laughs> you know, Chris Resin hits get you fucked up, and there's like two or three years worth of resin in here. Uh, my wife actually got that bowl the, like the day before we were married. She's not a smoker at all, but you know, the girls go out on the town and they're buying booze for the wedding. And I guess they stopped at some gas station and one of the, one of the girls, uh, um, she's like, Hey, we should get this. And so they bought it thinking they were all cool. And, uh, so anyway, it's just, it just goes to show you how sick and twisted your mind gets to see this nasty, thick, black, tarry substance is disgusting. Like, it is disgusting. 99% of people on planet Earth would look at that and be creeped out. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm like, hmm, wonder what that would be like to smoke. Uh, you know what's crazy is my, my friend, my stoner buddy there, uh, teacher friend, he told me that one time his mom had gone to Israel and she brought back a piece of like the wall, like got like at the Gaza Strip or something. I don't know the Holy Wall. It was something ridiculous. It was like gravel, and there was a piece of wood. And he didn't have a lot of stuff left. And one day he decided just to crumble that all up and put it in the bowl and smoke it 
uh, with the wheat to give himself some like holy edge. Man, the fucked up stuff that we do, the fucked up stuff we do to get high. And I got like five different strains right now, man. I got like, I got this lazy lightning strain, which knocks you right out. I got some, I don't know what I call, I call it, the red eye strain because it immediately gives you red eyes. Um, I got sugar cane, which is a sativa. And again, you know, for those of you who maybe aren't super, super well-versed in, in marijuana genetics, there's an argument to be made that the idea of sativa and indica, it's kind of watered down at this point. Like, there's been so much crazy crossbreeding. And we're finding out, too, that the terpenes are what really influence the high more than anything else. Now, granted, maybe a, maybe an indica has a more, has a particular terpene profile. But usually people describe the characteristics of these plants as a physical thing, right? Like a sativa is a taller plant, it's an airier looking plant, uh, it's not as bushy, right? And there's a lot of space in between its branches. Whereas an indica plant has always been characterized as a Christmas tree. You know, it's a little, little shorter, definitely stouter, a lot more bushy. Uh, you got to be more concerned about bud rot. Because uh, if you're growing outdoors, for example, you know, come... come September, August, or October, it's, it's starting to rain, and that's when these colas are the biggest, and so the bud inside that cola never gets a chance to dry out, and so it starts getting moldy, whereas a sativa, you know, you get really good airflow with sativas, and that's one of the reasons why people top their plants instead of letting it all just be one tall main stem. Um, most people top it at least once, some people top it twice, you know, just to try to get smaller colas, uh, because those things are tough, you don't want to lose all that bud. Um, I had some, I had a terrible time with Bud this past year because I, I was getting this, the, the little, whatever you call that, the spiderweb mold. Um, and I think it was because the jars kept going from hot to cold, hot to cold, you know, from where I'd got them from my buddy's barn into a car and then into my house. And it just, all those transitions, I don't know, I wasn't burping them every day. I burped them every day for a couple of weeks, and then I'm like, all right, these should be fine. But the thing is, when my buddy trimmed it, he left all the, he left a lot of leaves on. He was, he was kind of lazy, left a lot of leaves on, and I think that held a lot of moisture. I think if it had just been bud, uh, we would have been in better shape. There's probably somebody out there right now who grows listening to this, and they're like, no, no, it's because of this, or it's because of that. So my bad. But you know what I ended up doing? I know it makes for, quote-unquote, a harsher high or a harsher hit, but I just put that shit right in the dehumidifier. I just fucking... Or dehumidifier. What the hell am I saying? Dehydrator. God, I guess it is late. I, thing is, I'm podcasting after laying in bed, being unable to fall asleep. I'm just all keyed up, man. Stuff's going on at work. Stuff's going on in my life. Um, I'm pursuing this alternative program where kids are going outside in the woods all the time. They're they're paddling kayaks. They're They're camping overnight. Um, I just went to a steel drum concert where they're playing these Caribbean drums. Like, boo, boo, boo. It's crazy, man. Like, it's hands-on learning, you know, and it's diverse opportunities so that every kid in the class gets a chance to do something that they're good at. Or And, and I don't think that's intentional in the sense that, like, you know, well, here's a new opportunity. Here's this. Here's metal smithing. Here's apple cider making. Here's maple syruping. You know, like, let's see if this kid will be good at it. This kid will be good at it. I don't think that's how why they did that. I think just diverse experiences are good for kids in general. But what I love about it as a classroom teacher is the fact that eventually something is going to hit for somebody. Somebody who is not as good at a particular subject area or who is lacking the confidence because they failed in XYZ uh, challenge. And now they're doing something totally different. And finally, oh, at last, this is something I can relate to. Uh, my mentor teacher, her son is in the program. 
And that's what she shared with me. She's like, man, I'm so glad that they did that because it's sometimes it's hard for me to get so-and-so out of bed in the morning and get him to school. You know, he's just not really into school. But that week, I didn't have to do anything. He woke up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go in. You know, he was going to practice that steel drum. Wow. I think that's a lesson we should all learn. I went to an association meeting today. Uh, we have those about three times a year. And it's where all the teachers get together and kind of keep themselves updated on the finances and what's, which, which way the wind is blowing and gets to share their grievances or their concerns. And uh, I'm pretty uneventful meeting. A bunch of people whining about curriculum. Uh, for some reason, and I don't know, I hate the stereotype, but generally speaking, the ladies in this profession, and I, again, I'm, I hate the stereotype, but just a little more fearful, a little more anti-confrontation, a little more... You know, it's like, okay, well, the lesson plan says I got to do this, so I got to do this. Whereas, like, for me, you know, they give me the script, right? And it's like, okay, listen, I'm not going to teach the script, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the lesson plan, but if my kids get excited about something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, whoop, go right down that rabbit hole. Or if I got a cool outside resource, I'm pulling it in. And I think they would do that, too. The problem is, you know, our director of curriculum and instruction, uh, you know, it's her job to make people do curriculum, or at least to tell them to do curriculum. And so when the boss comes and says, hey, you know, you got to teach it with fidelity, then that's what they do, you know, instead of just saying, hey, listen, you need, this is your primary teaching tool. Uh, but if you find something the kids are excited about, or if you got a great resource you want to bring in, um, or if you want to tweak it a little bit, then go ahead. No, 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 no. And so you got a lot of teachers sticking to the script. And what blows my mind is there was a grade level today who said that they had only gotten through out of the four modules or five modules, maybe there's four. Here we are, end of May, and they have not completed the second module. Uh, you're supposed to do four in a year, and you haven't completed the second. Now, granted, one of the most frustrating things about a curriculum is that it was kind of slammed down our throats. Like, it came quick, hot, and heavy. You know, there's some trainings over the summer, and then boom, you know, you're off to the races. And we didn't even have all of our materials. They didn't even have all of our materials at the start of the year. Didn't have enough books for kids. Uh, they were making copies of teacher manuals so that teachers could have each have their own manual. It was bizarre. It just didn't make any sense at all. And so it was a really, really rough start. And perhaps that is what affected these older grade levels. Um, but I just, you know, they're sharing how the kids are, the behaviors are out of control, la, la, la. They've only read two books and it's been four months. And I'm thinking to myself, that's, that's on you. You know, like I, I get it. The curriculum lady wanted you to do this. But at the end of the day, my responsibility is to the kids. Number one, I'm not going to go in and hate my job every day. That's dumb. But number two, I'm not going to go in and have the kids hate the job every day. Like that, That's a terrible thing. No wonder the kids are bouncing. And they're like, oh, well, the kids are all upset because you know, we're only on, we, we're only on uh, you know, we're not quite to module two. And we've only read a couple of books. And they're just so tired of it. And so I'm thinking to myself, then why don't you do something about it? Like, that is within your locus of control. Um, so I don't know. I know I've kind of hashed that, beat that to a dead horse here with you guys, but I don't get it. I don't get it myself. Maybe some of you guys who are teachers or who are uh, can understand this train of thought, shoot me an email, quittingmarijuanapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, just a regular dude over here in his uh, second bedroom. You know, nothing too fancy. But it's just, it blows my mind. Because there's a new math curriculum coming down the pipe now, too. So everybody's stressed out. Are they going to force this on us? We did one last year, and now we're going to do a new one this year. And it's like, well, I'm not really as worried about math. I mean, math is math. You know, I, 
I guess maybe the resources that you use on the smart board or something, or some of your worksheets would have to change. Whatever. I, I don't think it would be a good idea to bring it this year. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm totally on that camp, but I'm not nearly as worried about it as I was the ELA piece. So here's the deal, though. Uh, you want to talk about careers in this program, this alternative program. Well, I, I want to teach it, right? Like, I, if we're going to, if my wife and I are going to stay out in this part of the state, uh, it's got to be for something cool. Like, it's got to be for a good reason because I can make $12,000 more teaching somewhere else. Um, and it's, you know, it's in my old stomping grounds, you know, full of great fishing and hunting, um, outdoorsy stuff that I'm really into. The thing is, you know, I teach kindergarten right now. And this is an older grade level. And so it would behoove me to move up if an opportunity presented itself and teach the grade right below. And an opportunity is going to present itself. So I talked to my one of my homeboys. He's got kind of got the inside scoop on all the administrative stuff. And he said that staffing meeting is coming up pretty soon. And not to approach the principal about it until the staffing meeting has been resolved. And that he would kind of give me the nod, um, the, give me the go-ahead. I was like, all right, sweet, sounds good. I'd been on the fence because I truly believe that kindergarten is one of the most important grades, if not the most important grade. If you're a ship and you only got to go 10 miles, if your course is off by 3 degrees, okay, let's say you're off by 3 miles when you get there. But if you're a ship and you got to go 1,000 miles and your course is off by 3 degrees, you're hosed. You're not even close to your destination. And that's how I feel about kindergarten. You know, I want these kids to be successful in science. I want to see these kids be successful in their literature courses. And if they can't read, it's not going to happen. And they'll lose enthusiasm for the subject because they can't engage with it. It's, an, it, it's just logic. It is just logic. Um, and I'm doing some cool things down in this building, too, man. I mean, I'm, I'm the only teacher who takes kids out on the nature trail. Today, I brought the first grade teacher down to teach my kids how to play soccer. We spent 35 minutes during this new curriculum time. And we just fucking walked out. <laughs> we just walked out, man. I had three soccer balls, a bunch of cones. This guy met us, and boom. We played multiple games of soccer. Uh, again. It's just about kids being kids, man. It's about what's doing right. There was another school shooting today down in Texas. If you clowns think that banning guns or the increased gun regulation is somehow going to fix those things, you're out of your mind. Like, I don't understand where that attitude comes from other than, like, fear. Fear of the unknown. The only people who say those things that I've ever met are people who have never touched a gun in their life. And so, okay, it makes sense. Like, is this foreign thing? It's scary to you. Uh, but... Maybe it's a symptom, right? Like maybe all these shootings are a symptom of what's going on in the world, what's going on in our society. You know, you've got these, in particular, they're men, right? They're disillusioned. The system is failing them. Uh, they're angry, bitter, and resentful, and they just want to tear everything down, and this is the way to do it. And for some reason, in this country, we turn them into heroes. Well, well they're not heroes. They shot up a school. Uh, that's true, but we put their name all over the web. We put their face all over the web. They're infamous. They are infamous. Infamous. They become immortal. And I don't understand that policy. I, I'm, I'm not sure why we don't sequester all that stuff. I understand that you got to report the news, but let's not turn this person into a celebrity. Uh, I think that's a terrible idea. So anyway, I, I digress, but um, we should probably get into the old book of Proverbs here. I've had enough here on the old monologue. 
But uh, yeah, careers, careers always on your mind. Maybe that's why I'm keyed up. Maybe it's because it's night two of not smoking. Uh, maybe it's because I finally have embraced the you know born again aspect of my life. And okay, I'm no longer a, no longer a competitive athlete. Like I've let it go. That's that's not me anymore. And so I didn't eat a lot of dinner tonight. Probably maybe stress, maybe whatever. But um, so maybe I'm keyed up because I'm not so full of food. I don't know you guys. But here we are, Proverbs chapter twelve. I read it this morning when I was done meditating, uh, but I was not podcasting because I was a little behind, obviously, because I overslept, didn't set the alarm. So here we go. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. A good man will obtain favor from the Lord, but he will condemn a man who devises evil. A man will not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will not be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be praised according to his insight, but one of perverse mind will be despised. Better is he who is lightly esteemed and has a servant than he who honors himself and lacks bread. A righteous man has regard for the life of his animal, but even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. The wicked man desires the booty of evil men. <laughs> booty. The wicked man desires the booty of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will escape from trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his words, and the deeds of a man's hands will return to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. A fool's anger is known at once, but a prudent man conceals dishonor. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks rashly, like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No harm befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. A lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Definitely some good, uh, some good tidbits in there. Uh, let's go ahead and take it to our quote of the day. Michael Jordan once said, My attitude is that if you push me towards something that you think is a weakness, then I will turn that perceived weakness into a strength. All right, let's do it, everybody. Remember to find satisfaction in the struggle and peace in the moment. We'll see you next time.